a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You might often hear that popular buzzword that is out there, which has been in many articles, podcasts, TED Talks, and that is vulnerability. You know, don't you love that? People just say to you, oh, just be vulnerable. Well, I mean, that's fine and dandy if you felt comfortable doing that, right? Or even if you knew what that word meant. The real question is, how can you be vulnerable and let your guard down when dating, especially if you've been hurt in the past? I mean, if you look at the definition of vulnerability, this is what cracks me up. In the dictionary, it says that it's defined as the capability of being physically or emotionally wounded and open to attack or damage. Well, like who would want to expose themselves to that? So my gosh, like, you know, if you really think about getting hurt, I mean, it's no wonder people just find this whole notion of vulnerability an enigma. But when you hear that word in the context of relationships and dating, it has a different meaning. It's not about being hurt and opening yourself up to be hurt. I work with, you know, a lot of clients on this who falsely believe often that vulnerability is TMI, right? It's like, oh, well, I, I don't want to divulge all my problems when I'm first meeting somebody. But being vulnerable isn't saying on your first date, well, let me tell you about my awful relationship with my mother. You know, a lot of people think it's that kind of like deep, deep, dark secrets. Being vulnerable is when you're meeting somebody for the first time, it's different in the context of also a relationship. It's your willingness to express yourself so that someone really feels you by the way of, you know, how you communicate your emotions, your passions about things, your body language, how real you are, which is really your authenticity. Like if you're walking into a date with your mask on or shape-shifting into what you know that your date wants of you, well, that's not being authentic. And part of that is loving yourself and being a good listener. Like all of those things kind of meld into what vulnerability is all about. So in the end, your date really feels you. And that is when somebody experiences often having chemistry with you. That's how powerful it is. And unless you are willing to open up and show your vulnerable side to a potential partner, you can't expect them to build a meaningful and lasting relationship with them because often that relationship becomes lopsided with too much focus on them and not enough of you because you're not comfortable sharing about you. So dating with trust issues that cause you to put walls up, it's really hard. And without vulnerability and trust, a relationship is unlikely to move past the initial stages without substantial effort from you and, of course, your date. If you have built walls so high that nobody can see the real you anymore, it's only natural that you'd experience some trouble while dating. 
it is not good to disclose everything, as we just said, you know, on the first two dates. However, not revealing certain aspects of you and your personality, your feelings, being in your authentic self and fear of people really, quote unquote, seeing you because of the shame. Well, that is what can result in being, you know, either broken up, not progressing on dates, um, not feeling like they could feel you or the chemistry or even causing more pain. Fortunately, you can learn how to be more vulnerable if you're willing to put in some effort. And if you are still healing from past hurts, learning how to be vulnerable and trust again is going to take time. While letting your guard down won't be easy, if your wounds are deep, remember that you deserve to have a healthy and happy relationship and that the past doesn't have to repeat itself. So with me today is a woman who has experienced a series of traumas and, you know, some things that have happened and she knows that she has her guard up in fear of getting hurt again. And I hope I can kind of help chisel away that wall so that there becomes an opening into new relationships and situations again. Welcome Garfield. Are you there? I am. Hi. I'm just so happy that we're having this conversation. And now that we figured out that you're not in New Zealand. So (laughs) we had this funny thing happen. And actually, I think it sets up like an interesting segue into what we're going to talk about. Right. Because um, she you're going to hear that she's from New Zealand. And I had it in my mind that she was still living there. And we were trying to find the time to record this. And she's like, I'm only like two hours ahead of you. And it was like the blind leading the blind. And, and she was like, Oh, it must be me. And I'm like, no, it's me. You know? And like, how many, how many times does that happen where like you take things as, Oh, well it's my fault or it must be me based on some previous experiences or messages you got, you know? So it's just, it was so interesting how we started, but I'm I'm glad we figured it out and that you're here. So hi. (laughs) I also think in that we're, we're all moving so fast Mm -hmm. and sometimes just to stop and read takes more effort than you even think. Uh, Sometimes you're just so caught up in in everything that's going on. You're you're juggling all these things and you're just trying to keep up and, and boom, something catches your eye. And this Mm -hmm. is what happened this morning. I was, I was like rolling along at a great pace. Everything was going really good. And I saw that your reminder email come through. And then, boom, the second one came through almost immediately. <laughs> and I'm looking at the side of my eye on my phone while I'm working. I'm looking and I'm like, hang on a minute, that time's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it just, like, it, you know, I, I didn't even stop to start off with, but when sometimes you'll see something that's sort of, okay, there's, what's wrong here? Yeah. And it's one of those gut instincts, like, hang on a minute, I need to stop and pay attention. So there's so many you know, my philosopher mind goes to so many different things here, layers of things. It's like how you can be more present and more, you know, really mindful about everything and pay people, you know, I, cause I knew it was coming up and I wanted to be here for you and wanted to be my best self for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it, right. And, 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 <laughs> And, and, and it really leads into that, that notion of, you know, when things have happened to us in the past, how that affects even just our, you know, future interactions from very small little things like this, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like emails or a text exchange from a man or somebody getting a digit wrong in a phone number and thinking, oh, that person's ghosting me. Like all of our past is connected to the future and the choices we make, the patterns that get created. And we get to figure out how, how to break some of those patterns and the walls that get built up with that. So I'd love for, I know we kind of dove in because we yeah. just had that funny thing happen, but yeah. I'd love for you to like, just share a little bit about you and where you're from and some of the dating challenges you're having and some of this, you know, vulnerability stuff that's coming up for you. Okay. Okay. For the nutshell version, um, originally from New Zealand, um, a little bit of a um, abusive childhood through my developmental years. Um, My mom died when I was 16 and seven and a half months pregnant. So I gave that child up for adoption. I even got to choose his parents, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, so that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, I, you know, never really got counseling or help or anything from that, those childhood year traumas. And, you know, my father was quite abusive physically and mentally, verbally, you know, abusive. So I think that kind of took me up to be you know, sort of looking, I don't, I don't know, it, it just maybe what is now known as narcissistic personalities. I don't mm-hmm. know that that's him, but I kind of like tended towards that because I, it was like being taught what was love type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, um, got into, moved to America, running away from a lifestyle from New Zealand Got a one-way ticket out of New Zealand, landed in America in 91, uh, stayed and got married to a Kiwi, another person from New Zealand. And we were married for 28 years. Um, I had um, at least one miscarriage. And then I had my rainbow baby. And she's now 26. So we have a great relationship. So... 27, sorry. She's saying <laughs> um, So, um, you know, we have this great relationship, you know, going back and forth. She she hates me like, you know, ch- children are supposed to, and then we have funny times and, and we get through it. We, you know, we've built a relationship. Um, I've been now divorced for a little over a year after 28 years of marriage. Um, and luckily for me, I found a great psychologist, um, about six months before my divorce was final. So started with the psychologist at that time and she did color therapy with me and we figured out one of my big triggers unbeknown to me was anger. Mm. I had a lot of anger for a lot of things, you know, throughout the years. When I think about it, it kind of made sense, but you know, she was, um, finding the, all these things with the color therapy. It's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I said, and we got, after about a year of talking with my psychologist, I started, you know, getting to the point where I was ready to be vulnerable and ready to go back out and start looking for the next chapters and next steps and, and start dating. 
And this mm-hmm. was exactly how it came up in our conversation. When you were talking before I came on, mm-hmm. it, I heard her words, you know, talking about being vulnerable and, mm-hmm. you know, what that means and things like that. And also I went out and I met some you know, online dating, trying to be extremely careful, trying to sort of keep care of all the things, the protection and security and, and all of those things. And I got scammed. Mm. And I don't know exactly how it happened, but my bank accounts got hacked and shut down by the bank. And the bank still has almost $6,000 of my money because I can't prove to them I don't know who's hacked my accounts. So big old story. <laughs> yeah. So kind of like not only an invasion and distrust, but it's like when when somebody and they didn't actually I didn't actually have to go through and change I just shut down you know bank accounts credit cards change passwords things like that but I it wasn't my identity that was stolen which was interesting Mm -hmm. they didn't they sort of stopped they went so far but not any further Mm -hmm. and you know um so it's not like my total identity was you know, um, I don't know the word, fragile because of it. Mm-hmm. It's just right on those words of trust and vulnerability. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't trust anybody now. So, and then since and around all through this time, you know, being, you know, once I figured out what was going on and since then, different dating sites, so many scammers. I have become a little bit of an expert spotting a scammer. <laughs> and uh, at one point on one social media platform, I was reporting 30 to 100 a day. Scam. I was getting hit that many times. And mm-hmm. it's just exhausting to the point that I don't even look at my DMs anymore. Direct messages, yeah. don't even bother because if somebody's direct messaging me and I don't know you, you are a scammer in my mind. So, yeah, like, and then here's a question. And, and by the way, thanks for sharing all that, because I mean, you've been through a lot, a lot. And I know there was even some things that you shared with me that's even beyond that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think what you are alluding to is that with all these things built up over time, it, it gets hard to trust, you know, and having the courage oh, to let your guard down and trust to you, you know, to be open to even just dating has been hard, but like, what, how has that all manifested itself? Cause I know like when you and I talked a while back, the, there were some things that were showing up in the way, like, you know, you talked or maybe your body language, like how has it, how has the walls been there for you? Then, hmm. I'm always trying to see you know, working on my meditation mm-hmm. and exercise and all those coping skills and getting it to the point where I don't know if it'll ever go away, though, which is sad. Yeah. Because people are hateful. <laughs> and manipulative, I think, is is the big thing because sometimes I you know I 
talk to the scammers just to practice conversation skills, mm-hmm. you know, because they're willing to chatter. <laughs> so you can practice conversational skills. And I know that it's a scammer, so but at the same time, so I'm just practicing what my personal boundaries are going to be and how I can say things without mm. saying something specific. So mm-hmm. it's all being using them because they want to use me as well. So it's not really a bad thing. And yeah. maybe I'll, I'll find somebody who is seeming like a scammer, but is not. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that you're like, it's like how you make, you know, lemonade out of the lemons, you know, like with things and as if you, you can't fight them, kind of join them in a different way, you know, and, and use that to your benefit. So I love that. Oh. I've even How? had some of them identify themselves as scammers. Yeah. And ask for ways out. And and so beyond <laughs> I and I, I know it's easy to go there and focus on the scammers. And obviously, like that's a symptom of, mm. of some of the stuff that we're talking about, right? Because right. there's gonna be like we can't get rid of them, right? Like and and this isn't a podcast about it's, scamming, obviously. Exactly. Although, you know. I've had podcasts around that because there are things to look for, but I guess what I want to help you with is you, you know, cause again, like we can't get rid of them, but I'm just wondering some of the things that you've noticed about yourself now that you have these trust issues and, and just like the fear around getting hurt again, how is that showing up for you and your dating life? What are some challenges? I don't date. Mm -hmm. So avoidance. Mm Hmm. I guess is the big thing just don't even open myself up to it I'm not on any dating sites mm-hmm. so so you're not putting yourself out there either right like in no. um yeah okay and I think I'm also just looking um because I'm part of you know that dating club and, and looking for ideas on how to be very intentional about what my profile might say mm-hmm. so when I am ready I've got a good draft ready so I, I think it's sort of just a I haven't completely written off the idea for it but I've got so many things going on it's about the time commitment that it takes yeah. to to get through you know the profiles to be intentional to be purposeful so I kind of just stepped back a little Mm-hmm. to say okay so what was I doing wrong because obviously I'm attracting the wrong type of people mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. I be more intentional and so really reflecting on self to say this was wrong and this was putting me in a situation that was way past vulnerable you know because I don't think yeah. you know I should be able to be vulnerable or without putting myself in a situation where I potentially can be hurt Yeah, that, and you know what? I love that you just said that. And, you know, it is, and I have some ideas around that, you know, to help you get focused with it because (laughs) it is so hard and you just came out of a really long relationship. So your, your brain and your mind is very relationship focused. So even like your mission right now and, and your focus might be of someone who's looking for a relationship, which is normal, right? Because that's where you came from. Mm-hmm. But to help you understand and know what it's like to just open yourself up to possibilities and learning how to date in a safe way where you can yeah. learn to trust men, 
even mm-hmm. like, you know, just to p- kind of pull back and not have so much lofty expectations, which by the way, is even scarier, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about that. Cause now I'm, I want to bring out an issue that you and I talked about and, and a lighter note that was like you and I kind of chuckled about, cause I think we've all been there. Can we talk about your RBFs? <laughs> <laughs> And for those of you who don't know what that is listening are the resting bitch face that might be occurring and, um, and your body language, because I think that was also something you mentioned that, that you're kind of like seeing. Yeah, it, it's easy to, to shut off and the moment, um, and I think a lot of it may be more, um, Oh, had to think, you know, more um, identifiable the, the, in the last few years because we've lost, so many of us have lost social skills. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. now, and, and even with masks or anything, you, you could be saying something to yourself and your face could be saying something, but nobody could see it, a large mm. portion of your face. Although your eyes will tell a lot. Imagine you've got sunglasses and a face mask on. Okay, now you can basically say whatever you want with your face and nobody can see it. And now that we're not wearing masks again, people are forgetting because they got so used to it and it became so familiar. You just, you know, let yourself go and just think on the outside, so to speak. And this is really you being real. Right. Well, and with that, it's not very, you know, you're not being very um, social with others. And I I think sometimes we just forget that we're back in amongst people again. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a term for it's called social atrophy. And it's real. (laughs) Like, you know, know, the muscle hasn't been exercised. But I think even beyond that, I, I think that probably exacerbated things for you for sure. But even before that, you know, just in ways of how you protect yourself and. Oh, I'm an introvert too. Yeah. Pound on things. Uh, so, you know, just going out and maybe doing something like speed dating or going to a loud, noisy bar mm. is just not something that I would ever want to do. Mm. because it's just makes me uncomfortable I can't hear what the person's saying it is very hard to be sort of really mindful and present in those types of things because there's just it's like overstimulate stimulation and it's just not good for an introvert oh my god and and with that like what happens socially, like whether you're on a date or maybe like you're talking, you know, open to talking to somebody at the market, like what goes on in your head thinking about having a conversation? If, you know, have a short, very short conversation, I'm okay with that. But if mm-hmm. the conversation starts going on, I start to get into a fight or flight mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that because that relates to the fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what's this person really want? What's their agenda? Um, you know, are they going to follow me home? You know, mm-hmm. and then it's like it, it's the overthinking that comes with that flight, you know, mechanism that goes on in your brain, which is when me- um, meditation comes in to help calm that 
Mm-hmm. Because if you if you meditate often enough and well enough, you know, after years of practice, obviously, you can get that um, that fight or flight mode to sort of tame down a little bit, and the rational thought can work at the same time, mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to research. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, again, like not there yet. <laughs> we can get in our head about how to get out of the head, and this is yeah. the problem. Like, and and it's almost meta to what we're talking about because. A lot of overthinkers like you or people mm-hmm. who are introverts, they try to attack this by reading books and learning about it. But that's mm-hmm. almost like counterintuitive to what you need because right. you're you're okay reading a bunch of things yes. and listening to podcasts. Like you're super comfortable <laughs> with that. But now like actually doing it is where the anxiety goes up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, or even knowing how. And I was also going to ask you, how does that relate to flirting? for you oh I don't <laughs> <laughs> right they right. got me in trouble they got me into bad situations mm. and so yeah yeah <laughs> I haven't practiced that muscle yet either <laughs> right it went, it, it went all wrong <laughs> well and do you see the tug of war that you're caught in and I know you and I talked about this a little bit it's like what you want is what you also fear. So it's like, you know, that you want to meet a guy who might flirt back with you and have like another relationship or dating experience, but it's also super scary. Mm -hmm. So it's like, then it's, you go back to what you started with and that is doing nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the avoidance. So the question becomes like, how do you break some of these patterns that are rooted in fear? And that's, and that's the hardest part because we can sit here on the, even on this podcast and analyze it to death. The thing is, you know, all this, like I could hear you're, you're very savvy. Like you're already like, you know, telling yourself and me the things that you need to do. And like, you, you've done all this, you know, you've done some work. I could tell, but I feel like, it's the action plan and, and having you have some accountability with it and just doing it in small chunks will really, really help you, you know, kind of just carve the path towards that. Mm-hmm. And so I have some ideas for you okay. if you're open to it. <laughs> um, I did one thing that might be on your list here. What's that? <clears throat> I went to a happy hour and sat at the bar. Get out of here. I did. And didn't talk to anyone apart from the bartender because the bar wasn't very busy. I still did it. That's okay. You did it. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. Well, and that's what I was going to tell you is that it's those small little steps and wins that will be like a domino effect into some of the bigger Mm -hmm. stuff that might Mm -hmm. seem scary. So even if you did that like every week and you didn't even talk to anybody else but the bartender, that's awesome. Like, that's fantastic. How did you do that? Like, let's talk through how you got the courage to do that. (laughs) Well, I drove around for a bit. And then I was thinking about, you know, I drove around the the actual restaurant bar, the building, Mm -hmm. about three times. Changed parking spots about three times. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. And until right now, you know, just my process of actually getting out of the car Mm -hmm. was just 
this this internal dialogue of it's just a drink yes oh I love it I love it it's just a plate of fries or it's just a drink it's you know that type of thing and seriously it took me probably about half an hour to actually once I decided I thought about doing it to actually do it so I guess 30 minutes isn't long really but it felt like a long time yeah no that that's a good amount of time and so what I want you to get out of that for yourself. And this is for you listening as well. Like, you know, anytime you come up with a strategy, you got to start with what worked, you know, because there's some things that maybe, or sometimes you might've tried it and it didn't work, but it sounds like the, you know, like preparing yourself, maybe giving Mm -hmm. yourself time to circle around and then asking yourself the question, it's only a drink was like Mm -hmm. a good strategy for yourself. Now take that and apply that to like these other areas that you're feeling a little worried about and in your head about. And then you can start putting those strategies that work into place in other areas. And then you start upping the ante. So now that you did that, what I would do is either you do it more frequently, right? Mm -hmm. So then you make it a point of doing it every single week. And then once you're like done after a month, you either up the time to an hour or, or up the amount of people that you talk to. So maybe you go from the bartender to the person next to you. Mm-hmm. And so like by doing those small increments is really like the name of the game. And it's, that's, that's what breaks habits. Cause like all the things that you're talking about and the things that you're fearing, you're basing your decisions on things that didn't work out in the past. And so the only way to override it is to create a new experience around it so that Mm -hmm. it can like be what we call in the psychobabble world, a corrective experience. Right. You know? And, um, so, so I love that. I love that you tried that. And I think that could be like a stepping stone into these other ideas. So I think before you even move on to to practicing some of these things, I'd love for you. And this is what I do with all my clients is to sit down and first write out your dating mission statement. And what I mean by that is get really specific and clear in the next like three months, what you want to accomplish. And that's an easier like ask than saying, oh my God, I need to start dating again. Because that's too scary to think about it. Right. I'd rather you say, you know, I want to flirt. I want to have conversations without getting in my head. You know, like try to get really specific on the skills that you want to practice rather than the lofty goal of I got to date again. I got to be vulnerable. <laughs> you know, like those are all too scary and too lofty. Right. Oh, that's a big ask. <laughs> what comes up for you around this? Oh, I just gave myself through, you know, a big big excuse why that timeline doesn't work. Mm, and what's that? I'm um, buying, buying and building a house. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to be in the house by the end of June, but it's not going to happen. So we're going to have to extend the contract. Mm-hmm. So basically we're hoping by the end of the year. So just... I I said to myself, I just got to focus on the house. 
right now. Uh, so, uh-huh. so that's a great excuse, I don't you think? I mean, if that's what you think, that's a great excuse. You know, it is a great excuse. Um, and it's easier to focus on the house than yeah. flirting with a man, for sure. Know, right? Oh, my God. It's so much safer. And yes. what I would so, so reverse engineer it. So take your excuse and okay. say, okay, here's something going on in my life. And by X amount of time, I want to buy a home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now work backwards and say, within this time frame, what can I do and leverage this time around to do some practice so that when I actually get ready after the house, I'm better off than when I was before. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I imagine that you're like maybe talking to people for the real estate, like, mm-hmm. aren't you having conversations about it? Oh, well, we're already in contract. So I've got my realtor and mm-hmm. I've got my finance guy and we're, everybody's just waiting for the city to come through with permits and stuff to overcome whatever issues have stopped it from even starting. And we've been in contract since February. So again, you know what? Nothing happens quickly. Right. Right. And, and it doesn't sound like there's anything. Yeah. Like during this waiting time, what can you do so that you're not wasting time? Yeah, Kim, that's maybe that's my issue. Um, Several years ago, I removed the word wait from my vocabulary because Mm -hmm. if you are waiting for something, someone, you are giving up control of your time to that thing or person. So we don't wait. Interesting. So in this time of transitions, mm-hmm. we're looking to, I'm just trying to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Trying to look to practice the skills mm-hmm. of social engagement, yes. interaction, and potentially flirting. I'll put that just as an add-in later. Bingo. Like, I love it. I love it. Just like, even like, the conversation you were just saying out loud is like how I want you to think now Mm -hmm. within those things, like let's take flirting. What are some things let's get even more granular with it. What are some behaviors, things that you can work on that go along with flirting? So let's talk about, for instance, smiling. Awareness of my RBS. Yeah. (laughs) Awareness of your RBS. Like you can start with the awareness, right? (laughs) Then you can move into pushing yourself and say, okay, I'm going to make eye contact with three men every single day and maybe just like count how many blue eyes I see. Like for instance, you know, gamify it for yourself. The more you make it fun and like, like a game, also you can kind of detach yourself from the emotional and seriousness of what you think is in your head. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. Like, like you just said, yeah. it's Get only it a drink. Yeah. Take away from it being something towards that goal, and it is just something. Yes. And how this relates to vulnerability, just to come like full circle, is that by allowing yourself to meet someone's eyes and to smile and connect with your body, you're actually allowing people to see you. And that's vulnerability. That's part of what vulnerability is, believe it or not. It could be as simple as that. It's like, wow, I'm just going to get used to being seen. Wow, I'm going to get used to being heard. Ooh, 
That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being heard. There seems to be like some emotion with that. It's one of those things that where people talk over me a lot. Mm. So I'll just let them. Mm-hmm. It happened a lot when I was married. Is um, my sister-in-law would do it often. But... <sighs> That's a huge um, connection for yourself, and what a beautiful also goal for you is to yeah. like you know like have people in your energy field right now who will actually listen to you because you know what, as you get your confidence and your self-esteem and you practice these skills, you'll also attract completely different people because I believe you, I believe you that you've had a string of like bad people in your life. And it just, it's horrible that you've experienced that. And what I want for you is to like now change you so that you have some of these good people coming into Mm -hmm. your life and anyone who doesn't treat you well, you get rid of them. That's where the boundary setting cuts in, you know? And the thing is like in the last year, a lot of good things have happened to counter and help me be resilient to the bad things that have happened. And just thinking about, you know, surrounding myself with people who actually hear me and encourage me, mm-hmm. that's actually happening at work. So oh, it's good. That's beautiful. <laughs> See, again, take what's working right now yeah. and try to apply it over to the other side of like with men. Yeah. Because you're, you're doing it. You know, and and no, and that will help you build your confidence too. So, I'm gonna just like I'm gonna give you permission right now to let go of the online dating stuff. Yeah, I you know because because of all the experiences you had with all the scammers, like it's such a trigger for you. I think table that for now mm-hmm. because it it it's also your story, right. Right. And so if you could just put that aside right now and, and then replace the word dating with just being social yeah. and getting to know these alien men in a different way and being seen and heard. And then from there, what can you do in your everyday life to practice some of this? Like that's, that's where you'll start feeling better. Right. And just remembering to link things you know I didn't even see that connection till right now about being heard so that's good so good (laughs) see and I want to also like just to highlight something right now the fact that you're coming on this podcast and you are able to release some emotions and have some breakthrough talk about vulnerability you just you just demonstrated vulnerability to its fullest. Like I want you to see that. And now what's so cool about this is you'll have a record of it forever. Wow. So <laughs> right, like anytime you like question yourself or doubt yourself, you're like, wow, I did this. And from here, so much can happen. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And I and I know you helped a lot of people today because okay. you were able to do that. 
that's the goal. You know, if I can help just one other person, that would be that would be good. I think you helped a lot more than one other person. And within that, you're helping yourself too and see yeah. the deeper connections that you're making, even just on this podcast. I know it. You know? I appreciate you. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I'm so glad we figured out our time zone because you're, <laughs> you're amazing. And I'm, I'm excited for you with your new journey and just mm-hmm. remember to stay present and, you know, focus on being heard and seen. And I think from there, it'll get easier and just honor yourself. Yep. Shine brightly, right? Exactly. Like the diamond. I think there was a, a yeah. song about that. Yeah. <laughs> Rihanna. A couple. Yeah. 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 That one too. But mm. it's more about, you know, when, when I think, and I use the hashtag shine brightly every day. Mm. As it is a reminder that I am in control of how brightly and then for how long I shine. Yeah. Nobody else has control over that. I love it. That's such like parting words of wisdom. I was going to ask you, and I'm like, you already just said it. It's beautiful. Yeah, you are in control of how long and for how and how brightly you shine. Nobody else has control of that. If anybody, for any reason, thinks that they can control that, you need to step away from them. Mm. And it's okay to. It's okay, even if that is a family member or somebody who's been a friend for years, it's all right because they are not doing you any favors right now. Yeah. And I will take it one step further with that metaphor. When you learn how to, like, you know, shine your brightness, so to speak, you get to see who finds you and discovers you. And it's Mm -hmm. you that determines whether you or not you want that person to have that light. See that, that, that's just it. It's just like, you'll see the brightness and people like coming into you in a whole new way. And then you decide whether or not they're good for you. Mm-hmm. So, about empowerment. Uh, yeah. Garfield, <laughs> thank you so much. I will, I'll be interested in hearing the updates later on, but again, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm so, so thankful for, for being asked to do this. And I appreciate you so much for, helping helping us sort of understand where we're at where we are at and how to move forward because you know like I said a couple of times I hadn't thought about the connections Mm. to what is currently going on in my life until we were talking about it Mm. yeah you're on your way so thank you And thank you for joining me today, you listening. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, if you want more information. And if you are finding yourself in lopsided relationships due to your walls being up, then hop on a free call with me by clicking on the link you see in the show notes so I can help you. That 30-minute call, you never know, could really change the course of your entire dating and relationship experiences. And remember, it starts with you and working on you is working on your love life. That's all for now.